0: And we are back. All right, so what we need to know today, a fascinating book that's out right now, and uh, I'll tell you this right now, you really need to pick it up. It's called uh, My Marrill, Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood and Me. Got one of the co-authors on the hotline right now, Jay Margolis. Jay, how are we doing today? We're doing good?
1: Good, how are you
0: doing, Tommy? I'm doing good. So you wrote this with uh, Terry... Car girl, uh, car, carger. Uh Cogger, right? Cogger. Yeah. Carger. Yeah. Like okay, I got it. Yeah, Cogger. Okay. Terry Carger. And um all right, so tell us uh, tell us what you know what the book's all about here.
1: Well, basically this is a story about uh Terry Carger and uh she was six years old when she met a twenty one year old Marilyn who was dating her thirty-two year old father, Fred Carger, uh who was a vocal coach at Columbia, who had been assigned to Marilyn. To improve her singing voice for the 1948 film called *Ladies of the Chorus*, and so once you know uh, Fred was assigned to Marilyn, he immediately started dating her too, and that's when uh, you know uh, Fred brought Marilyn home to the, meet the family, including uh, Fred's mother, who everybody called Nana. Of course, everyone has a Nana, mm-hmm. um, and her name was um, uh, Anne Conley. And what happened was is that there was like this relationship that developed between the family of Fred. Mm-hmm. including the grandmother and Terry's cousins and also uh, Fred himself. And it was like a, a relationship that lasted from 1948 until 1962 when Marilyn died. So effectively, this family knew her before she was famous, mm-hmm. during the time she was famous until her death. So they knew her longer than even any of her three husbands.
0: Yeah, I would imagine so. And she, uh, Marilyn Monroe used to babysit Terry, right?
1: That's correct, and and that was uh, Terry's one and only babysitter. At the time, she wasn't the famous Marilyn Monroe. She had just been starting out, mm-hmm. but it was uh, kind of interesting to later say, hey, by the way, my babysitter was once Marilyn Monroe, and everybody's like, whoa. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of an amazing thing.
0: So, so Terry has all these stories here, so she contacted you. She said, hey, Jay, let's write a book together, and I can tell all these stories, correct? Is that how it all came together?
1: Actually, it was the other way around. I was uh, doing um, an interview with her for the murder of Marilyn Monroe case closed, my New York Times bestselling book. Mm -hmm. And and, um, I asked her, I said, I said, look, you know, you told me all these interesting stories. You should write a book. And she says, well, I don't know. I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to profit off of knowing Marilyn Monroe. And she went and talked to her stepbrother, Michael Reagan, you know, the son of President Ronald Reagan, mm-hmm. and uh, and said, "Hey, look, Michael, um, you know, Jay wants me to write a book, and uh, but I don't want anyone to think I'm trying to make some money off of knowing her because that's really not what I want to be known as, someone who's doing that." Mm-hmm. And and so Michael says, "Well, you could tell the real story about Marilyn, the the one that you don't read about in these books, the one that's highly intelligent." the one that isn't the dumb blonde that's portrayed in the films that she, that studios keep forcing her to make, mm-hmm. you, know, you could uh, show that, you know, she's not really like that in real life. You could show who she is behind the image and, and, and a children's perspective, you know, nobody's ever told the story from the children's perspective of knowing Marilyn and that's unique, but by itself.
0: Can you, can you imagine Marilyn Monroe babysitting you and doing sight words every week with her and, having her take you to the park and giving you lunch, peanut butter and jelly. So basically in this book here, is that what she gets into all the years she was with Marilyn? And she gives us behind the scenes glimpse that Marilyn was just a regular person, right?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, what what Marilyn loved about this family was that this family was born into like a famous type of family. You see, a uh, uh, Fred's father was uh, Frederick Maxwell Carger Sr., and they called him Max. Mm-hmm. He started Metro Pictures during the silent film era. You know, he knew uh, Nazimova and, and Rudolph Valentino and put him in his movies. And in 1922, when Max died, um, you know, Metro Pictures merged with uh, Goldwyn and Mayer and became MGM. So this was already a family that knew famous people. They weren't impressed by fame, and so they weren't like ready to go say, "Hey, there's Marilyn Monroe. Let me go sell her autograph down the street." So you know, they were saying, "Okay." And, and, and Marilyn was like, I love the fact that I can come to this family and they're not going to treat me like all these other people treat me when I when I get mobbed by reporters. Mm-hmm. I can come here and relax, be myself. This is like what it's like to be back to normal when, after she was famous, she knew that normal wasn't something she didn't go back to.
0: Yeah. Now, the title is My Maril, Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood and Me. Is that what uh, she called her, Merrill?
1: Uh, that's what Nana called her. It was a nickname. It's just short for Marilyn. Okay. And uh, it was something that only the Carger family called her. Mm-hmm. And it was a name that stuck, and that was just something that they they always uh, they referred to her as Meryl. Okay. You know, they they called her uh, Meryl for the 14 years that they knew her, almost 15 years, and uh, it was it's such a unique thing because you know Terry. When she was 11, her father married Jane Wyman, who had been recently divorced from Ronald Reagan. Yeah. So that's when Michael Reagan and Marine Reagan became her stepbrother and stepsister. Michael wrote the foreword for the book. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, interesting how they got to hang out with Ronald Reagan. his <laughs> Terry's cousin... Terry's cousin Johnny was, um, his parents were going through some marital troubles. Mm-hmm. So Jane Wyman says, Why don't you just come over with Ronald Reagan, you know, to the ranch and it'll be okay, you know, and you can hang out with him. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and taught, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan taught Johnny how to shoot a rifle, how to cut wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry had her own goat on the ranch, wow. you know, and uh, uh, Johnny said that Ronald Reagan provided a fatherly love to him, mm-hmm. you know, during a time when he really needed it when his parents were fighting. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: I say so. That's why in the title it's Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, because obviously Ronald Reagan was a big part of the uh, the life here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And of course, with Hollywood. So Marilyn Monroe, is, is there? Now I know. I, I know you want people to buy the book, but is there something <laughs> Is is there something in the book that you can tell us that we never knew, or give us like a little glimpse into that, if you can.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of things. Mm-hmm. She was um, a mischievous person. She mm-hmm. uh, There was this thing on the, uh, that was called the Devilish Trio. Now, you see, Marilyn had two friends. Uh, uh, Terry's mother, Patty, was an entertainment lawyer, mm-hmm. and uh, she was a best friend of Marilyn's along with uh, Fred's sister, Aunt uh, Mary. Right. And so the three of them were the devilish trio, Marilyn, Aunt Mary, and Patty, and they go around doing pranks. Mm-hmm. And so one time uh, Patty was dating Howard Thomas after uh, Patty had uh, divorced Fred, and he was uh, a guy, a vice president of Packard Bell. So what do you get for the guy who's got a swimming pool and everything he wants? Mm-hmm. And so they, they uh, he, uh, you know, she takes this big present up to him with Aunt Mary and says, here, open up your present. And it's a humongous, you know, present. And so he takes it apart and uh, unwraps the cellophane. And then there's Marilyn Monroe with the, you know, <laughs> like dressed up with a red bow, and, and and she says, "Oh, it was getting stuffy in there, Howard. Thank you for unwrapping me." And he gives him a big kiss on the cheek. And then what a present! Uh, present to you know be seen by Marilyn Monroe right there. That's, <laughs> that's a real birthday present, I guess. So
0: he got Terry's got this really interesting life here because she when she grew up she became a teacher, correct?
1: That's correct. And um, what's interesting about that. Was that that was actually influenced by Marilyn? Because when when uh, Terry was you know seven or um, eight, and then from then on, every year uh, Marilyn would say, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And sometimes they just got a popsicle. She said, "Oh, I like to drive an ice cream truck." Silly things like that, <laughs> or be a spy if they want to go see a movie. Mm-hmm. But then one time Terry says, "I like to be a teacher," and and then Marilyn got serious and says, "Oh, well, that's really good. You know, children need you know teachers to look up to." She said that. uh you know, uh, looks will get you far, but not as far as, as a good education.
0: Right, right. I, I see here that one of her students was a, a friend of mine, Mickey Dolans. I've had Mickey on the show many, many times. So that had to be pretty yeah. interesting that – here, <laughs> <At, laughs> and at the time, i I think Mickey may have been part of a TV show, The Circus Boy, or something. Maybe that's uh, how she got to teach him. Uh, you know, I I would imagine that, right, when he was young. Well,
1: the parent teacher conferences were very interesting. In <laughs> fact, her father Fred used to come in there and you know play the piano and have all the kids be excited mm-hmm. by his uh, you know ability to play the piano. <laughs>
0: She had Mickey Dolans is one of her students. Uh, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor's, yeah.
1: uh, you know, child also is a, a daughter, I believe, for math. She mm-hmm. said she had her for math, um, which yeah. was interesting. So yeah. you know, it's just a lot of um, really uh, fantastic stories. See, Terry, it's like even though she doesn't really care about fame because she's been around it all her life, Mm -hmm. it literally surrounded her even till this day. Like, she went to the nurse's office, uh, you know, just before we went to press on this book, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, and she went to the pain doctor's office, and the nurse says, oh, I knew um, someone who oversaw the autopsy of Marilyn Monroe, and it it turned out to be John Minor, then deputy district attorney, who always said that Marilyn was murdered. And so it's like her connections just keep going. It just never ends. Yeah.
0: Do, do, do you touch on that in the book, you know, the mystery surrounding her death? Do you touch on that?
1: Yes, absolutely. In fact, you know, the, the biggest, uh, the last two chapters mm-hmm. deal with Marilyn's death. In fact, you know, with this, she has enough drugs in her blood to kill three people. Mm-hmm. That's what the toxicology reports came back with. And yet... The autopsy showed that she had an empty stomach, not one undissolved capsule from the purported 64 pills she supposedly took. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't make any sense. Now, what a coroner in New York, Dr. Sidney Weinberg, uh, said, who we quote from in this book, he said, well, that's not possible that she swallowed these drugs orally. Because, uh, you know, you would expect to see undissolved capsules if you got 64 of them in your stomach. Mm -hmm. You know, where where did they go, you know, (laughs) unless you didn't swallow them. And and you have, like, enough drugs in your blood to, I mean, kill a whole, like, elephant. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's no way that she wasn't injected or that she, uh, you know, didn't have it in some other manner. In fact, uh, it was a purplish discoloration of her colon. And Peter Lawford told his third wife, Deborah Gould, he said, uh, Marilyn took her last big enema. In fact, that's how. Uh then Deputy District Attorney John Minor, who oversaw the autopsy, he said that Marilyn was was murdered with the help of an enema, mm-hmm. which made her unconscious. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, the housekeeper responsibly called an ambulance, Schaefer ambulance. I talked to three Schaefer ambulance attendants who mm-hmm. remember the call that night. He said that Joe Tarnowski took the call. And then James Hall and Mary Liewitz were right around UCLA, so they took the call. They put a resuscitator on Marilyn. Her color was coming back. And then this guy comes in and says, "I'm her doctor. Give her positive pressure." So James Hall says, "Okay, you got to let the doctor take over." He, and he pulls out a hypodermic syringe with a, 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 a heart needle uh, affixed to it, It fills it up with a brownish fluid and then injects it into her heart. He says, "I'm going to pronounce her dead. You can leave." At first, they thought it was adrenaline, but then like when the autopsy came out in 1982, you know James Hall said, "Well, what's his business about her empty stomach?" And he kind of questioned about what he saw, but mm-hmm. they always reported those are brownish fluid. Right. Which right. is not adrenaline, by the way.
0: <laughs> and, and you know a lot about this because your New York Times best selling book really dives into all of this, correct?
1: Absolutely. There were five eyewitnesses. The two attendants, James Hall and Mary Leibwitz, they say that Greenson murdered her. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Mary Lewis said about James Hall's account, said it, it happened the way Hall said it did. Wow. You know, and, uh, you know, P- Peter Lawford said the following that corroborates the ambulance attendance. He said, Marilyn has got to be silenced, Bobby told Greenson, or words to that effect. Greenson had thus been set up by Bobby to take care of Marilyn.
0: Now, when you say Bobby, are you talking about Bobby Kennedy?
1: Absolutely. And Greenson was the doctor that the ambulance attendants were pushed aside by who injected her in the heart.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Wow. And see, what happened was that according to Peter Lawford, the way that uh, Bobby got Greenson to do this was that Bobby called up Dr. Greenson. Bobby was frantic, and he said, look, Greenson, first thing Monday morning, you know— the, the, what's going to happen is that Marilyn's going to go public with me and Jack, but she's also going to go public with you too, Greenson. See, that was the lie. Marilyn was only going to go public with Bobby and Jack, but Bobby lied and said that Greenson's was going to go public because she's going to go public with Greenson's affair too, which was not true. Mm-hmm. So Bobby used Greenson to get rid of Marilyn by tricking him into thinking that his affair would also be exposed when that was only when the affair with uh, Bobby and Jack would be exposed.
0: So it's no secret really that she had an affair with uh, President Kennedy and his brother Bobby. Can we say that? That's
1: that's, that's absolutely correct. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, Sidney Gouleroff, who was Marilyn's hairstylist, said that, uh, you know, Marilyn called him on that last day and said, uh, you know, Bobby Kennedy and Peter Lawford just left my house. And Sidney Gouleroff's like saying, what's Bobby Kennedy doing at your house? Mm -hmm. And she says, oh, I'm having an affair with him. I had an affair with Jack as well. Mm -hmm. And everything went wrong, you know, and so – and then uh, Marilyn says that uh, um, that she threatened Bobby with a press conference and, and that Bobby's response was, if you threaten me, Marilyn, there's more than one way to keep you quiet. In fact, there's a CIA document dated one day before Marilyn dies that says that through wiretaps of Bobby and Kennedy and Marilyn, that they were able to determine that Marilyn was going to hold a quote-unquote what she referred to as a press conference on Monday morning. They kill her on Saturday. And then what happens is that the, the she knew about the, the bases in Cuba and the secret plot to, uh, by the president to kill Castro. And also, they knew about, um, She she referred to her a diary of Secrets. That's what her red diary was referred to. She called it her diary of secrets and mm-hmm. what the newspapers would do with such disclosures Right. So she was really threatening to go public. You see this wasn't really just about the affairs with um, Jack and Bobby even though that was a major scandal in mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. It was also about the national security secrets You can't have Marilyn Monroe going into a press conference on Monday morning and saying hey, guess what? They're gonna they tried to kill uh, Castro, you know, that's a pretty big deal You know <laughs> <laughs> so I
0: I'll tell you both of these books sound very fascinating. You got the my uh Merrill, Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood and me, and then you got your New York Times best selling book, The Murder of Marilyn Monroe. They're both available, what, on Amazon and Barnes and Noble?
1: That's correct. And uh, keep in mind that the CIA document is in Terry's book only.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I'll tell you, this is uh, very fascinating. You're very fascinating, too. You're also uh, highly intelligent. I I read a little bit of your uh, background over here, and you uh, graduated uh, summa cum laude from the University of Southern California. And uh, so you're pretty accomplished uh, yourself there. Jay, I'll tell you
1: yeah, I, uh, I graduated a year early because I uh, took ten classes. My last two semesters, I, I the lowest grade I got was an A minus. So this time I got ten straight A's. They don't have A <laughs> pluses there. But, yeah. You know, did the best I could there. I got a three point nine one.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, you're you're a fascinating guy, and I wish you all the best Thank with uh, with this book as well. Okay, Jay Margolis, uh, co-author of My Marrill Marilyn Monroe, Ronald Reagan, Hollywood, and Me. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us today. A lot of fun information here. A lot of great information, by the way. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Tommy. I appreciate it.
0: Uh, My pleasure.